All right, welcome back, Beyonders. We've got a special episode for you today. Dan, this is twice in one month yep. that, uh, that you're joining us. And actually, it is going to be uh, twice in like two weeks because we're going to be meeting next week to do yeah. a podcast. So um, the special occasion, though, of course, is the Nova Open um, with our big Warcry GT that we are having. And we wanted to use a special occasion to do a list review and breakdown of some of the uh, statistics that we're seeing heading into it. Now, um, as I told you before the show started, we had 32 slots available, and I had four people who have definitely dropped. So we're down to 28 right now, and I think that there might be one or two more that may end up dropping, which is, you know, you usually get a couple day ofs that just don't show or whatever. Um but the good news is, is that we have 26 solid people coming. Like they've all sent their uh, list. They've all emailed me saying like, we're super excited to come. This is going to be a really fun event. So I've been in touch with pretty much everybody in there one way or another. So minimum we're looking 26, which isn't, uh, which isn't yeah. a bad number. You know? Those are really good numbers. <laughs> yeah. So we're excited about it. But what we decided to do, because the lists were due on Sunday and we have almost all of them, we decided that we would do a uh, Nova Open 2023 Warcry GT breakdown and list review. And uh, let's get into it. So I shared this presentation with you um, before. Let me, uh, oh, here we go. Okay, so here's some, here's the Nova Open meta, right, that we're looking at. Um, so... The breakdown of alliances that we have, and again, I didn't get all the data here. Like I've got um, uh, twenty-five lists here, so this is pretty close. Pretty close. Like we're, I think I'm getting one more destruction list coming in from someone for sure. Um, yep. It might flip to chaos if he can get his models painted. Right. Classic so, American meta of yeah. all destruction. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you'll go to a tournament in certain parts of Europe, especially continental Europe, like Spain or Poland, where you'll have a tournament of 24 play players and 12 of them will be on Soulblight Gravelords or yeah. like 15 of 24 will be on Soulblight Gravelords. And of course, in the United States, it's almost entirely destruction at every tournament. There was recently a tournament in Kansas City where um, the only Grand Alliances represented were destruction and chaos That's it was like 14 hilarious. players only destruction and chaos and they didn't plan it that way they just nobody took anything you just showed up with down. it yeah that's amazing that's amazing so um what we have in our breakdown um of amount so six players are bringing in a chaos faction seven mm -hmm. are bringing order uh eight are bringing destruction and four are bringing death and the thing that stands out to me there is I expected more death, to be honest with you. I expected less order and more death. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the, sol has the a lot of people. Grave Lords. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody in the U.S. likes SBG. Nobody in the U. I mean, obviously one person is in SBG yeah. this time. But uh, for the most nobody in the U.S. really plays Soulblade, uh, yeah. which is really surprising because, like, you know, all of even in England, a lot of people play Soulblade. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd how we keep just not seeing a lot of Soulblade in uh, U.S. events. It's surprising to me because they're such a versatile warband too. 
I mean, you've yeah. got everything you need in there. You've got heavy hitters. You've got fast. You've got fly. You've got like, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a lot of stuff in there, and it just surprises me. I mean, unless you're rocking the AOS army, though, like maybe you just don't have all the models that you want, you know? And, and so, and we'll see later when we get to the lists. I think a lot of people, even a lot of the more competitive-minded lists that are here, a lot of people tried to kind of be the cool kid. Uh, with the list that they took, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I do that sometimes too. But it means that, you know, there's no Nurgle Demons. There's no mm-hmm. Soulblight Gravelords because those are just like, they've lost their coolness cachet in some way. Like the really <laughs> strong Nurgle lists, the really strong Soulblight lists have kind of, they've lost that kind of cool factor. Um, and we'll see even when we get to the KO lists, uh KO are pretty proven. They've won tons of tournaments, but like the ones that are at this tournament, they're kind of doing a little bit of extra spice somewhere. Like they're not maybe the most standard KO lists, which is, um, you know, not a bad thing. It's cool. I like seeing people right. kind of get into it and do weird stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the faction breakdown here really fast. Like I don't want to spend too, too much time on it because um, we're going to get into like all the lists. But yep. in Chaos, um, you have two Horns of Heshut armies. You have one Beast of Chaos, one uh, Nurgle Maggotkin Rotbringers. Uh, you have one Untamed Beast and one Skaven. Um, does and, and I'll just ask like one question: Does anything stand out to you in that in that breakdown? Nothing so far. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised by the two Horns of Heshut. Like I think they're really strong, especially if you can bring in an ally or two or something. You know, they're really really good. And they're a strong faction that no one's bored with yet, you know, because mm-hmm. people haven't really been playing with them because, you know, it took folks a while and like aesthetically it took people, I think, a while to warm up with them or like warm up to them. And so yeah. I think that's why, uh, you know, people aren't tired of Horns of shit yet. Absolutely. Uh, Sentinels of Order. We have the Caradron Overlords with two factions, Seraphon with two factions, Daughters of Cain one, Fire Slayers one, SC Thunderstrike one. Um, so I, I just want to say one thing. I'm I don't want to take credit for the Fire Slayers being here with our episode last time, Dan. But I mean, yeah. I kind of feel like we have to. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that list with you. Yeah, the other thing too is I was giving um um uh I'm, I'm going to say his name wrong. Aiten, Aiten. Yeah, A10. Um, mm-hmm. A10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ho- sorry. Right. I hope I got that name right. I, um, I even probably. feel really bad because I've heard him pronounce his name 25 times and I can't believe I just screwed it up. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Sorry. Well, he's got the off meta musings channel and I was giving him a hard time that Seraphon ended up winning like most popular. And I'm like, nobody plays Seraphon. Like, people, like, lots of it. people play Seraphon, man. It's, know, they're but... really popular. Well, here we have two people who play mm-hmm. Seraphon that are, you know, in the tournament. So, you know, I guess I'm eating a little bit of crow at my own tournament here. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, Harbingers of Destruction. We've got three Bone Splitters lists. There's a, there's a, there's an asterisk there. I'll tell you in a minute. Three Bone Splitters lists. Two Gloom Spike gets two Cruel Boys. One Ogre Ma Tribes. Um, 
So I kind of feel like we got to take credit for bone splitters too, maybe a little bit. I don't know. No, you, know? you monster, you are going to cause so many people to go one in four in this tournament because you <laughs> told everyone that bone splitters are good. <laughs> oh, they are good. They're great. I love bone splitters. I love them. So um, the, uh, I will say this though, that has an asterisk because I had a friend who was coming um, and he was going to borrow my bone splitters army. Cause I think that okay. first off, that Bone Splitters army is like super easy for like a new player. You only need to use one ability, your charge ability. And if you get yep. a quad rampage, right? Like, so those two are the only ones you need to think about. Everything else is just point and shoot, you know? Yep. And uh, so uh, he was going to come, but it sounds like somebody, he found somebody who plays Warcry who's going to take his place because he's going to go play Legion, uh, Star okay. Wars Legion at Nova Open. So um, there's, there's probably not three, there's really actually two. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but we'll talk about that in the list. Um, okay. And the bringers of death. Um, we have the Askergan True Blades with one, Flesh Eater Quartz mm -hmm. with one, Royal Beast Flayers with one, and Soul Blight Grave Lords with one. So, again, I feel yeah. like death is a little underrepresented, but, um, you know, there's a lot of other cool factions out there right now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, uh, that's sort of the breakdown. Any questions or comments about that before we move on? No, no, I'm excited to get into them. Yeah. All right. So here's the big thing that point that stood out to me: no monsters. Like mm -hmm. nobody decided to bring a monster. You know, like I'm, I'm honestly, honestly surprised that we didn't see a chimera in here. Yeah, and I'm kind of sad and disappointed about that. I mean, I get it. Like, again like i i'm gonna keep saying this a bunch of times people can drink when they hear me say it but people wanted to be like innovative with their lists and i think that that's yeah. great um so no one wanted to do like the chimera in a nurgle list but i was hoping someone would try the chimera maybe in a different faction and try that out you know but but no one did and that's fine that's fine um yeah other monsters i'm finding have a little bit of play uh in tournaments that have divine blessings mm. um but i don't think that you had them for this tournament because we uh they weren't out when you had released the pack so it would have been kind of right. crazy for you to try to like re-edit the pack for that but um for future other tournaments you know people should take a look at all of the monsters if you give them plus one toughness with the divine blessing you know they all took that hundred point points nerf um, which made some of them kind of really hard to play. Now, once they have five toughness with not that many extra points, now it's really hard to bracket them. They're actually a really different beast to try to take down. So monsters, I think, are back in competitive play now with Divine Blessings. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if people try that going forward or, or not. Because I know a lot of people just don't like monsters, so that can be part yeah. of it too. Yeah, I think um, I know when we did our tournament in like November, right? Uh, our local kind of Northern Virginia tournament. Some yeah. people brought monsters, but I felt like some of them just really felt like monster fatigue a little bit. Yeah. Like they're mm -hmm. just feeling like uh, it's like it's okay. And, um, and there was enough of like, there was enough things out there on the table, like the Caradron Overlords that killed the monsters and i think people were like oh that's really vulnerable and we're likely to see a ko list out there in a tournament so yep. um I, I think that that kind of contributed but i was I, again i was 
genuinely surprised to see that there was no monsters. So kind of interesting. All right, let's talk about chaos lists here. All right, so um, we have a couple of our um, players. Some of them we have seen several times. Some of them we have seen um, one time, you know, with uh, Nova Open and stuff like that. But Javi Martinez, he's a local um, D.C. area player. In fact, I think he lives in Washington, D.C. He's bringing horns of his shit. He mm -hmm. has in his dagger a demolisher with flame hurler, uh, two shatterers, um, which are the chaff models for Horns of Hushet, a Raptorix um, in his dagger. In his hammer, he has a Ruinator Alpha with Flail, Demolisher with Flame Hurler, so two, and another Shatterer. And then in his shield, he has a Demolisher with Flame Hurler, two more Shatterers, and another Raptorix. So his dagger and shield are mirrors of each other, um, but he's rocking a triple Flame Hurler list here, which um, is kind of interesting. What do you think of this? So two really different... Horns of Hushit lists here. Uh, yeah. I just want to talk about the other one too. So, yeah, yeah, Mirmidon and two Shatterers in the dagger, mm -hmm. Ruinator Alpha, the leader, and two Shatterers in the hammer. And then the shield has a True Blood, a Demolisher with Flame Hurler, and a Shatterer. So, Javi's list, you know, triple Flame Hurler is pretty wild. Um, I think a lot of folks on so a lot of folks, when they play against Horns of Hushut, they have this awful experience where just the Flame Hurler on its own just blows them off the board. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people on the internet that I've seen are like really interested in going as heavy into the Flame Hurler as you can. And so Avi's made this really interesting sacrifice where he doesn't have a single heavy hitter in the whole list, right? right. And so he's getting all these numbers, 11 fighters, and he's just hoping that the three flame hurlers can be all of the damage. Um, I'm interested to see where that'll take him, right? I think in some matchups, that'll be great, but in others, less so maybe. Like, the, the flame hurlers do most of their damage from their triple, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can manipulate your wild dice to get two triples in a round in which case having three flame hurlers is like totally busted right right but when you don't have three triples uh the flame hurler on its own just shooting is it's okay you know it's it's not yeah. a liability by any means but it's it's not like the devastating scary force that it is when it's got its ability up so i think uh it'll be interesting because no matter what even if you kill two flame hurlers Javi's still got another flame hurler, right? right? So that's going to be annoying. The question is, is that enough damage in that list? Uh, just one flame hurler triple, and that's really it. I think yeah. that's going to be a really interesting question that's uh, going to get answered over the course of the game. Because the other thing that Javi's got is, you know, a bunch of shatterers and those Raptorixes are pretty fast. I mean, it's only mm -hmm. move five, but for, you know, the purposes of the tournament, it's going to be pretty fast. Uh, and so, you know, he might get away with it, just like flood pe flood the board on people and yeah. just, you know, we'll see. We'll see if just one flame hurler ability is enough in terms of damage. Yeah, I, you know, it's it, so I know that Javi has play tested this multiple mm -hmm. ways in and out. Like he's done it a lot on Tabletop Simulator. He's done it a lot locally. Okay. So he what's scary about this list is that Javi knows what he's doing with. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he's just being like, oh, well, triple the flavor, triple the fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see right. how it works. Like, he he really does know what he's doing with it. And so that um, to, I would be a little worried if I had to sit across the table from him um, with the triple flame hurler. So that being said, personally, I think three is a bit much, especially since you don't have um, – like uh, a body that can kind of be a tank for you a little bit. Like you've got mm-hmm. a lot of really like low wound models here. Um, I think the Raptorix even comes in around 10, maybe eight to 10. Um, yeah. You know, it's not, I too, think it's, it's not 12 not... actually. I think Raptorix oh, does have okay. a little bit of beef to him, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you could have convinced me to take the third flame hurler and one of the Raptorixes and combine them to get, you know, maybe something I would have maybe like looked at the menu in chaos for what's around yeah. for 210. But um, I do think Javi's going to do really well. Obviously, horns are really good. And I think yeah. uh, a tournament with three objective missions, I think he's going to be, you know, big advantaged in all three of those. And then it's going to be about, you know, what can he do in that treasure mission with uh, with no like really signature treasure carriers in the list? Um, is he going to be able to get so much sort of reach out of those flame hurlers that it doesn't matter? I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Now looking at JJ's horn of his shirt, right? He is taking the route that I probably would have gone with if I were building a list, which is taking advantage of the cheap chaff and the shatterers, right? He has five in his list and Mm -hmm. adding like an ogroid Myrmidon and a true blood in there. Um, so he's got, um, He's got some major threats in each of his groups. I mean, the Ruinator Alpha is pretty good. You know, I wouldn't say that it's like a like a beefy threat like an Ogroid Myrmidon. You do have to take a you do have to take a leader, right? So, I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. that's your leader. Um, so I don't know, uh, like maybe putting the Flame Hurler with the Ruinator Alpha instead of the True Blood. I don't know. I mean, that's a kind of a stylistic choice, I think, a little bit. But, so um, the thing you know, that I think about. I liked about the way he set up with the flame hurler and the true blood is the lists that are really good at killing flame hurlers um, are generally pretty bad against true bloods. Oh, interesting. Because it's got that guaranteed net, right? So Mm. imagine trying to like, we're going to see a bunch of Brugit lists later on, right? Imagine trying to set up a Brugit combo against a true blood. You simply cannot do it. Right. It, right. It, it, if the if the player piloting the true blood is really savvy and really like careful with their positioning, you simply cannot do a Brugate combo when a true blood is on the table. And so that's really good at protecting the flame hurler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. the lists that are immune to true bloods are really bad against flame hurlers, you know, mm-hmm. like um like something like a wide soul blight grave lords list right those are really bad against flame hurlers and they're not good at killing flame hurlers um the only thing i do think jj is going to get kind of maximum punished if he plays against peradrin overlords Mm. who are really good at sniping a flame hurler from across the board uh and aren't necessarily super vulnerable to true bloods but I think he's got play against pretty much everything else. Now, there are two KO lists in the tournament, so he's right. got to dodge those if he's going to win, and he's got to be really savvy with his true blood. But um, but I think he's really got a shot. Um, and uh, one thing that he's kind of got here that 
you'll see a few players are doing is his hammer is really weak. Mm. And that's a really cool read of the tournament packet because mm -hmm. a number of people, I think, noticed that the hammer is used a little bit less over the course of the missions in this tournament, which is really cool because then it's like a test of are you willing to skimp on the right. hammer? How much are you willing yep. to gamble there? Um, which is cool. So he's skimping a little bit on the hammer, and that should be interesting to see how it works. And this is one of the things that I, I, I actually really like putting out the tournament pack well beforehand so people can yeah. play test it. They can try it out, right? I want them to come with their best game. And part of the gamesmanship is looking at those little details, right? Which is like, totally. oh, you know, there's at three out of the five missions here, the hammer's coming on on round two or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do, do mm -hmm. I put a weaker list in there? Do I put my faster guys in there so they can get engaged? more quickly, you know, like things like that. So um, I do think that he read the mission pack well. So kudos to you, JJ. Good job for reading that, you know, and, uh, and paying attention. Um, so looking at our next list, it's John Brown. He played in the tournament last year. I'm forgetting what he brought, but um, he, he did play with us. He, his um, uh, list name is Stinky Williams and company. Um, nice. He is the maggot kin of Nurgle Ratbringers. So in his dagger, he has uh, Putrid Blight, Blight King Blight Lord, uh, Putrid Blight King Icon Bearer. Uh, in his hammer, he has a Lord of Plagues, Putrid Blight King with Sonorous Toxin and a Chaos Spawn. And in his shield, he has a Lord of Blights and a Putrid Blight King with Blighted Weapon. So um, seven models all total here. Uh, but these guys are kind of beefy, like they're beefy models uh, in the in the Blight Kings. Yeah, um, one of the tough things about doing list reviews is like when you disagree with someone's choices, it's like you don't want to say they're wrong because there might be something that they thought about that like I'm I'm missing or I'm not thinking of. But um, like I'm noticing John Brown really heavily invested in his hammer. I like having a Chaos Spawn and a Lord of Plagues in the same deployment group. Um, I'm curious what the Lord of Blights is doing or if it's just like, I mean, you never know when it, you're just looking at a list. Like, is yeah. the Lord of Blights is incredibly well painted? Because I know a lot of pro painters like to bring Nurgle yeah. Ropbringers because it's like a really good warband to try to win best painted with. Or... Um, you know, does he have an idea, like, looking at a couple of missions that I didn't pick up on? I don't know. But, uh, like, Nurgle Rockbringers, you get a lot of beef for the amount of the, the amount that you pay. And so, you know, yeah. it can be really tough to get them off the table. But I'm not sure if scoring points is going to be the easiest um, with this setup. So um, I'll be interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they're all standard three movement, right? Um, mm -hmm. But they all pretty much have a minimum of 25 wounds, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, but that um, the Sonorous Toxin model, it does give plus one to movement for all models within yeah. six inches, I think, or something like that, which... Um, it does, seven inches, yep, yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the Nurgle Seven, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and and the thing is, is it's like a lot of times I I kind of scoff at some of those abilities, but I do think that with the Magikin, that is an important ability because if you can, you know, if in a fourteen-inch bubble, if you can give your guys an extra movement, like one-inch movement, that that could be that could make a difference. So, 
Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it does. I'm curious because I've actually never played against Rotbringers, and I, I maybe I played against them once, um, but it was a very soupy list. You know, like they mm-hmm. they had allied in like a Lord of um, Plagues or, or not the Lord of Plagues. The um, yeah. What's the one that's on the on the fly? The putrid blight king blight no there's one oh it's in the it's the demon guy that's on the fly right um i've so. played against them a few times what i will say is they're almost impossible for meme lists to beat so when people go like oh i'm gonna go like three corgaraths or i'm gonna go like you know something really crazy you know like two varengard something like yeah. that you're not going to win against rock bringers because right. uh, you can't remove any of their pieces. And so if you have fewer models than them, they just score more points on you than you and never die. Yeah. Uh, but the opposite can be true where if you outnumber them, uh, you score more points than them and they never kill you because right. only the Lord of plagues here can really like really put out any damage. Um, but the Lord of Plagues did just get a buff with the new Rampage change. So, you know, maybe yeah. it'll work out. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, let's see. So we have three more players here. Richie Richie Witch, um, that's kind of his nickname. Um, uh, he's bringing a Beast of Chaos. He's got three Ungor with Short Spear and Half Shield in his dagger. He has a Doom Bowl in his hammer with two Ungor, Short Spear, and Half Shield. And then in his shield, he has a Great Brace Jamin with a Bulgore with Great Axe and an Ungore with Short Spear and Half Shield. So he's really, again, I mean, he's got twelve or nine models here. Um, a lot of them are the kind of cheap chaff. Um, he's definitely got some oomph power in that Doom Bowl and the Bulgore as well. And I do like the Great Brace Shaman's kind of um, Mortal Kombat Scorpion move, mm-hmm. which is get over here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and grabbing somebody and bringing them to him. So um, what's nice about that is if you pair that with the, pair the Great Brave Shaman with the Bulgore and Great Axe, um, you could pull somebody into the Bulgore and then have them hack twice, right? And yeah. um, that could really make, uh, you know, make a bad day for even, even some beefy fighters out there. So pulling them off yeah. objectives and then killing them, right? So... It's good to have something really big like the Bulgore standing next to the Great Bray Shaman because a lot of the time with the Great Bray Shaman, because it doesn't really fight that well on its own, you can actually lose the game because you did the pull. And I've seen that yeah. happen to people a lot where you pull something into the Great Bray Shaman, the thing you pulled kills the Great Bray Shaman, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Then, and then you've lost this 145-point model. So you have to be really careful with it. And the Bulgore... It just makes it way more forgiving to mistakes. I really like the list. I don't know that I like the deployment choices with the list, but okay. um, you know, just having a dagger with nothing really treasure carriery because you've got that mission where it's like the daggers go mano a mano about who fights over the treasure best. Yeah. Um, I'd be really scared to go to like play that mission with this list, but. Um, Otherwise, I think the list, like, you know, in a more, like, in a vacuum, I, I love the list, right? Um, I think, yeah. you know, the Ungors and the Doom Bull and the Great Bray Shaman, I think you've just got so much play, so many options. I think that's cool. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, too, with that Great Bray Shaman pull, um, I think it works best if you can 
wait to activate him like near one of the last activations right mm-hmm. um if you can like i of course like you know every plan survives uh you know survives until first contact or whatever but yeah if yeah. you can wait to pull something that has already activated into that realm then you're doing much much better right yeah. um because i i have seen that too you're like haha i brought you over to me and you're like okay great like <laughs> i'm gonna whack you now like uh, so i yeah. think i saw someone pull an ogroid myrmidon into it into them Oops, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oops. Um, okay, so yeah. our next one, we have Chris Hyde, uh, the Desert Dogs. So he has the Untamed Beasts. Uh, in his dagger, he has the Rock Tusk Prowler, um, two Plains Runners. In his hammer, he has the Heart Eater, the First Fang, and a Plains Runner. And in his shield, he has the Slaughter Ple- uh, sorry, Slaughter Priest with Blood Bathed Axe. Man, say that like five times fast. And uh, two Plains Runners. So um, a pretty standard Untamed Beast list with the difference being that they um, dropped a couple of their mid-tier fighters and uh, added the Slaughter Priest. Yeah. I like it. I think the Slaughter Priest um, gives them a, a little bit of extra oomph, you know, that, that they wouldn't otherwise have. And it, uh, having the Slaughter Priest and the First Fang is a really interesting choice because you know you've got the um like multiple pulls happening in multiple places and you've got a ton of objective missions in this tournament so you know pulling things off of objectives and having multiple places to do it is kind of cool doing the rock tusk prowler with no beast speaker is really brave and something that not a lot of people choose to do and so yeah um chris plays untamed beasts a lot it's the only warband that he's brought to a tournament in second edition and he's been to a ton of tournaments so Mm -hmm. um he definitely knows them well i think untamed beasts are pretty limited as far as what they're capable of but i do think chris Mm -hmm. can get a lot out of them i was just gonna say that i think that because he does know this faction so well like he is he's somebody that like if you've got like championship aspirations you probably don't want to line up against you know you don't have to line up against him because you know in a favorable situation he'll know what to do with this faction to mm-hmm. maybe squeak out a win you know yeah. Um, so yeah like you will have to beat him he won't beat himself i've definitely like when you bring a really competitive tournament to or list to a tournament a a lot of the time like you get usually one or two wins every tournament from your opponent just like seeing the tools arrayed against them and kind of panicking um and chris is playing a really weak warband but (laughs) like a weak faction but um but he that won't be what he does like he will not panic just because he's playing against a competitive list because he is piloted um this low tier faction so many times against so many different types of opponents that you know it'll it'll sort of be done well each time um i'm excited to look at this skaven list though it's got the two storm fiends the warlock bombardier what do you think of it so this is from uh gray rostrum um -hmm. he's got like you said uh, in his dagger a storm fiend with rattling cannons and a storm vermin with halberd and clan shield in the hammer he's got a warlock bombardier uh and a storm vermin with halberd and clan shield and then in the shield he's got a storm fiend with doom flare gauntlets 
Clan Rat with Rusty Spear and a Storm Vermin with Halberd and Clan Shield. So he's got uh, seven models here, um, and two of them are um, Storm Fiends, right? Um, and uh, I was a little surprised that um, there's no Pack Master in here. The Packmaster works with the Storm Fiends too, right? Or is it no, just the Rackler? Okay. No, then, then, um, then I'm wrong with that. Uh, sorry, I was under the assumption that worked with Storm Fiends as well as the Red Ogre. So that's why he doesn't have them in here. Um, yeah. But you've got some shooty shooty um, that you can get out of your Bombardier and your Storm Fiend. Um, and he's got some. He's got some big hitting ones too, like the the Doom Flare Gauntlets is no joke with that one mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, that Storm Fiend with Doomflare Gauntlets um, can, you know, kill any model in the game. You know, if if initiative rolls the right way for Skaven in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, I like having the Rattling Cannons in the dagger there to be able to shoot things down. That Rattling Cannon puts out, like, a very reasonable amount of damage at range. And mm -hmm. if your plan is to beat it by rushing it down like which is the way you beat most big archers in the game you're not yeah. going to have a good time because you will be shocked at how hard even the melee or like the ranged storm fiends hit really hard in melee when you close with them so mm -hmm. uh like rushing down the rattling cannon storm fiend is, is not a good recipe um I yeah the, find... the, the trick the trick with these is that it has a one inch melee range and then a three to ten ranged ability so you need mm -hmm. to stay at two inches if you've got a two inch fighter that's your yeah. key <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> um <laughs> yeah totally uh i do think you know i like storm fiends better than rat ogres but what i will admit rat ogres are better at is clearing lots of chaff on objective missions because they will you know they can kill a chaff, kill a chaff, and then the packmaster can whip them to kill another chaff sometimes, right? So sometimes one rat ogre can kill three things. Uh, yeah. You know, the downside to rat ogres is they just, they get blown off the field by opposing elite fighters. So like, you know, that Myrmidon we saw in a previous list, that'll just like, just flick a rat ogre off the field without even thinking about it. Whereas right. it will lose to a storm fiend. Um, but Gray's going to have to clear, you know, if Gray sort of gets in that like three and one or two and oh bracket right with this list, he's going to have to clear a lot of fighters on a few objective missions to win the tournament, which is going to be really hard. And it'll be interesting to see if he can do it. But um, man, like any opponent who gets into just a stand up brawl with him is going to have a bad time. Yeah, I mean, like there, I didn't realize that the um, Stormfiends were movement five. Yeah, um, yeah, they're quick. I thought they were movement four, but movement five and toughness five, and they all have thirty-five wounds, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's beefy um, for sure, you know. So it's gonna make uh, life hard for a bunch of people, but um, we'll see. The storm vermins, I think, are kind of an interesting choice. Like, um, I, there are only ten more points than a clan rat. Um, Clan rats are unplayable. But... Storm vermins are excellent, in my experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Gray had to go with one clan rat because the points didn't fit. That's but storm true, vermin yeah. are are the key. Um, I don't know if his leader is very high priority here, but storm vermin have that ability to make it so you can't attack the leader, and that's really really good. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, but they're also just toughness five. So clearing these Skaven off the battlefield, the, this list does not fight the way you think Skaven should fight. Like they are extremely tough, extremely hard to kill. Um, that's yeah, a really good be point. Because, I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, rat ogres with a ton of clan rats and pack masters, right? That's kind of like the tried and true scheme that you've seen. <laughs> it should be yeah. with pack masters and storm vermin. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, you usually see the rat ogres. So seeing a different flavor is cool here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see what we got for our last one here. Oh, no, that's it for our chaos. So right. uh, very interesting. All right, so moving to order. Um, all right, let's talk with our. Uh, just let's get right to it, uh, Dan and our Caradron Overlords. And we have two very different lists here that I think are kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If it's very different, but they're they're different enough. Um, I think they're different. Yeah. Yeah. So Casey Van Camp, who has been a long time Corvus Cabal guy um he's brought course cabal to nova open last year to some of our other tournaments after some of the recent facts he's just like these guys are just unplayable right now like i just can't do <laughs> yeah, anything with are. them you know they are, yeah. he, tried, he tried bringing in like a fulmeroid crusher and an ogreoid myrmidon but his chaff just died like to a sneeze across the table so mm-hmm. he's like i need to do something a little bit different and he was really interested in in ko so he went out and he got a new army. Um, and so in his dagger, he has the Arcanaut Admiral, uh, Grunstock Thunderer with Aether Cannon, and two Arcanaut uh, Privateers with pistols. In his hammer, he has an Errant Quester with Grand Hammer. Interesting choice. Uh, Sky Warden with Aethermatic Volley Gun and Arcanaut Privateer as well. And then in his shield, he has a Company Captain and three Arcanaut Privateers. So um, what do you think of this list, Dan? It's pretty interesting. I think the Sky Warden is that the um, rank and file balloon guy. That's pretty interesting. Uh, so the Errant Quester is there to kind of um, shoot that Sky Warden across the board, which is going to be interesting. Um, you know, you'll be able to just get in one move, right? So you'll be able to Errant Quester on a double can make the sky warden fly 10 inches it'll be able to fly onto a terrain piece where it can shoot any point on the battlefield mm-hmm. uh if i've remembered my volley gun stats yeah, it's correctly. Uh, three to 15 right three to 15 three attacks yep. so strength that's... three one three damage so it's yeah not... so the attack is not that scary so it's no. not the highest impact combo to do but it is a pretty cool trick because um you know, then once the Sky Warden is near-ish to the center of the battlefield, it might just never move again, and it might be able to shoot every single turn twice, um, which is okay. You know, that's pretty cool. I yeah. think, obviously... I think it, could kill, it could probably kill some chaff with yeah, like, some yeah, other eventually. T3 stuff, you know, with a double attack, right? It won't do it in, in round one, but it'll, you know, right. get... The party started and with all the other Arcanauts that you've got out there you know that'll help the other thing um i think i'm with you that this is not necessarily the like most terrifying combo that that ko can do but it is it is going to have a lot of play to it and mm-hmm. you know any ko list with a thunderer with aether cannon next to a leader going to be pretty good right yeah 
yeah, so that absolutely. Admiral Proth plus the Aether Cannon is going to uh, certainly blow some things off of the board. Um, and it's hard to rush down that combo because, again, that Admiral is so much better in combat than you think he should be. Uh, four attacks, strength four, three, five damage. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. pretty That's pretty good for, for a only 145. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and pretty And you can good, usually so. put your Arco in the way, too, so that they can't necessarily get to the aether cannon so yeah um kind of a lot of cool things you can do with that dagger yeah. there definitely the screen it um use some screening with those privateers right so mm -hmm. yeah for absolutely. sure now we uh comp compare and contrast that to michael glazer uh bugmanson's folly sorry casey's list was called plunderers of thunder i, I mm -hmm. like that name um uh, michael glazer's uh bugman bugmanson's folly um again yep. ko list so his dagger has a mizzen master um, Enric Ironhail, uh, an Arcanaut with Skypike, and an Arcanaut Privateer. And Hammer, he has four Arcanaut Privateers. And then his shield, he has an Endron Master with Endron Harness, a Grinderstock Thunderer with Aether Cannon, and an Arcanaut Privateer. Um, so he's got some beef in this list, right? With the Mizzen Master. The Mizzen Master is like one of my favorites. It's like the um, most fragile fighter in the game, though, as far as beef goes. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it dies just if breathes for a 250-point fighter, but it is good. Yeah. I mean, it does a lot of damage. It can put that, of course, the legendary, you know, fight for profit buff. It can put it anywhere on the field, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I do think that this list is going to be very successful. I think both of these. We were kind of critical of that last KO list. Yeah. I think if it won the tournament, I would not be surprised, right? Because you're still going from a point of 11 fighters. You've got, what, six Arcanaut Company with pistol. Those are really good. Um, mm -hmm. You've got that Aether Cannon. This list is similar, right? You've got these six Arcanaut. Let's talk about Enric Ironhail, right? Yes. He's so wild. So um, <laughs> this is a great find from Underworlds, one I wasn't really thinking of. But yeah. 15 range on a six attacks, three strength, one three damage profile. Yeah. Um, that's pretty fun for only 120 points. That's like a really nice find, especially because, you know, Iron Hail doesn't really need the fight for profit combo, which is mm -hmm. great because that Mizzen Master is going to be leaving him anyway. <laughs> you know, it's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Home. Um, and so he doesn't need it. And so that's actually a really great pickup by Michael here. And I think that that's really savvy. Yeah. I mean, you like his, his, uh, damage profile, you compare him to the, um, Skywarden with Aethermatic Volley Gun. It's almost mm -hmm. the same thing, except he has six attacks, right? Instead of, yeah. um, instead of, uh, three. Now the difference is you can't put iron hail on terrain where he can't be touched and he can shoot anything he wants right so exactly. that you know there yeah, is something he... you get for paying 50 points there but but i do yeah. think i agree with you that iron hail is like a really cool piece and a really cool find for uh, michael to have included there yeah i'm really excited to see kind of what happens so when the mizzen master leaves that group those guys are hoofing it they're all like movement three in that dagger you know what I mean? So yes, yes. Um, that is that that can potentially be kind of tough for them. I mean, good thing that they've got ranged attacks mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But if they need to get to where an objective is, I mean, they may be trading in those attacks for just straight movement, you know, to, to yeah. get where they need to be. 
that can be tough and that's where you know the errant quester in the previous list can be pretty good in that it both moves four and it can give one of those little dwarves a free move somewhere yeah. along the line um but you know i think i think michael's going with the classic strategy of if you kill the opponent they won't be able to score more points than you right uh, <laughs> the which, old best okay. defense is a good offense right yeah so. <laughs> so sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but uh you know i think he's got a real shot to make it work more often than it than it doesn't so that's cool for sure all right so the other uh player um that we're going to talk about on this uh slide here is amber gerhardt um and it's morby's assassins mm -hmm. and um so or sorry mombi's assassin um, and this is a Daughters of Cain list. So in her dagger, she has a Bloodrack Medusa at 275, a Witch Elf with paired uh, Skiansa. In her hammer, she has a Melusai uh, Iron Scale and another Witch Elf with paired uh, Skiansa. And then in her shield, she has a Bloodstalker and then two Sisters of Slaughter with a Kruplash and Buckler. So um, she's got uh, seven fighters here. Yep. Um and, uh, you know, I I don't think we've seen Amber out to any of our um, tournaments yet. So I'm I'm really interested to see what she's bringing um, to the table here. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think she's got kind of a tough, tough row to hoe with, uh, with the Daughters of Cain. Um, and uh, this is one of those that it, you can do. You could do okay with them if you know your list really, really well. Um, and maybe kept some people by surprise, but um, she's got some she's got some beef in there with the blood rack Medusa and the Melissa Iron Scale. Um, the the Bloodstalker, I think, is man. If, if she gets engaged, the problem is she gets engaged. The Bloodstalker is just not going to pull its weight as much. You know, Bloodstalkers would be incredible at 140 points. Mm -hmm. but at 170 that's just so much to pay for one um yeah. i do want to talk about blood rack medusas they are so cool they yeah. are going to um you know they just do everything on the board they're an incredible fighter uh we have seen people win tournaments with blood rack medusas in their list mm -hmm. uh now <laughs> they weren't doing it with daughters of cain um they were right. using it as an ally because uh, at least in my local meta, we've had a couple people try Daughters of Cain and kind of give up on them pretty quickly because mm -hmm. they just couldn't get Sisters of Slaughter to work. They just couldn't get Witch Elves to work. Um, they have the same problem that Corvus Cabal have, essentially. Uh, so that can be a little tough, but um, sometimes a piece like the Bloodrack Medusa can keep you in a game all by itself. So it'll be mm -hmm. cool to see if Amber can kind of do a lot of tricks with the blood rack there um, to to kind of get that going. Like, for example, in that treasure mission that you've got in there, right, uh, the, the Medusa's right there in the dagger. You can, you know, go grab the treasure and net the fighter who would be best at taking the treasure from you. You yeah. can do all of that in the same activation with the Medusa. And it's just like, boom, game over, right? <laughs> so, right, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are some cool things you could do with a Medusa uh, in this tournament. Um, and hopefully Amber is able to sort of get that to work to um, be pretty powerful. But uh, 
man, if she's able to, if she's able to get to three wins in this tournament, that'll be really exciting because I've yet to Absolutely. see anyone manage to get like pure daughters of Cain to, uh, to really work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and like everybody will be super interested if she does well, right? Like mm -hmm. what? <laughs> Cause I think so many people have looked at that and, and, you know, I, I think one of the tough things is that like, the Witch Elves and the Sisters of Slaughter, man, like, I know that they're priced for their movement, but with only eight wounds, like, they need to be, like, 55 and 65 points. You know what I mean? War like, is just... not a game about movement right now. Yeah. Um, right. You know, you do need to move a little bit, but in general, uh, movement is the least important stat at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, moving on, we have, um, oops, I, I made a mistake on my thing. We have two Seraphon um list here i accidentally listed one as care drawn overlords but it's really seraphon mm -hmm. um and uh so i've got uh joel Cast uh, castano um he's playing seraphon he has in his dagger three source warriors with celestine clubs um in his hammer he has a source scar veteran on a cold one and a source warrior with a celestine club and then he has a slon star master and two source warriors with celestine club in his shield so, um, you know, he's rocking uh, eight fighters here, uh, really heavily leaning into the Swords Warriors with Celestine Clubs, right? That's, um, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six of them there. Yep. And, um, you know, with the Slon Master and the Source Guard. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I, and I got to kind of bring this up. So the Soros Scar Veteran on Cold One was before on the oval 60 millimeter base right mm -hmm. when they refreshed the line this came out with a new line it came out with a new name but it's a it's, it's a massive. it's the same model but yeah, yeah it's bigger it's and so the base big. is bigger mm -hmm. it's yeah. now on a 90 mil base right and mm -hmm. so the question was is can i still take this as the scar veteran yeah and you know because i'm like well yes because it's it's kind of the same model but it's just bigger you know um i would have ruled yes too so, for what it's worth yeah. i know you posted this online and like some people criticized you for it i would have done the same thing you did um it's yeah. like let, let the people play their models is how right. i would have gone yeah. with it yeah. yeah yeah and and at first i thought that they had um like that the base had just adjusted or something like that. Like I didn't understand the question at first. And so I said, no, you should probably proxy it as like an Evo prime evocator prime on Dracolith because it's like the same, same base. Right. Work too. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh, okay. Like we can do that. And then I went back after I thought about it some more and really understood what, what was going on. Um, I said, I'm going to give you the option. You can run it as a cold one or you can run it as an evil prime. I'm totally, good with either one of those and they said we'd really like to run it as a scar veteran and i said okay that's fine with me it just mm -hmm. now has a ginormous base <laughs> you know so so which, which may be good or bad for it i don't know you know so it's good in some missions bad in others which is going to be right. pretty cool i think um depending you know seraphon have just consistently had a decent win rate over the course of a lot of tournaments i don't uh -huh. know if you're doing a best overall but it sounds like Joel is on all the new Seraphon models. Yeah. And so I, yeah. if he's the kind of person who's just like running to the store to get the new models to paint them really nicely, if that Slan Starmaster is on the new pie plate base, uh, and he's got like a new Slan and a new Source Scarvet, this is another one where like you could 
run away with best painted if uh, if this is like you know really try hearted which is kind of cool um the scarvet is really not seraphon just have this really good reaction and a really good ability for their saurus and the star master has the good ability that they just kind of hit above their weight class like mm -hmm. their their profiles don't look very impressive but their abilities and their reaction are all so high impact that uh they just sort of do more than what they look like on the you know on the box uh yeah. and so sort of tend to overperform uh so i would watch out for joel i think that this could be a really scary list to play against um the slant star master is 30 points too expensive but sometimes for all that it does you're willing to overpay by 30 points because you know like it just it can really dominate the board sometimes and that can be pretty cool <laughs> Yeah, look, the um, all of his models almost, with the exception of the Slan Star Master, have the Tearing Bite triple ability, which yeah. is you add the attack value of this ability to the damage points allocated by each hit and critical hit from the next melee attack action. So they hit on four fours, but their normal damage is one three. But if they really need to put some oomph behind it, like a triple, which isn't terribly hard to get, and you could all of a sudden be adding that to your um, hits and criticals, right? And really do some damage. Now, his entire army has that, so there's flexibility there, right, to be able to use it wherever you need it. Um, again, with the exception of the Slant Star Master. So I think it's kind of interesting. I, I do think that this is, like, straight out of the um, new Start Collecting box. And he's like, I've got a, I got a straight-up um, Seraphon warband here and let's play it you know what i mean and i, I yeah. like go for it let's see how it goes and i'm excited to see how they do um because as you said like they are pretty popular right now just um mm -hmm. especially with the newer release that they just had um in the aos sphere um so like more people are saying like oh like i want to play you know seraphon so pretty yeah. interesting um now uh larry cutlip mason he's got the bard killers list he is also seraphon ignore that on the screen it says caradon overlords clearly i copied the form you know formatting but uh this is a seraphon list um interestingly in his dagger he has the venari lord regent and the high sentinel from luminous realm lords in his hammer he has two saurus with celestine clubs and then in his shield, he has a Croxagore, a Pterodon Rider with Javelin, and a Skink Star Priest. So um, kind of interesting. Very different uh, feel from the last one, in my opinion. Um, what do you think of this sort of, um, uh, you know, Seraphon Plus that we have? The Seraphon players I know have just not been able to get the Croxagore to work. So I'm interested mm -hmm. to see if Larry is able to get it to work. Maybe that's why the High Sentinel is there, right? Like you can point something out, give plus one attack to whatever the Kroxigor is fighting. Uh, maybe that's the idea. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how Larry will will sort of plan it out. Um, I mean, the High yeah, Sentinel. Can... Sorry, I was gonna yeah, say if you can cheap. give it one extra mm -hmm. attack, you know that Kroxigor is hitting three attacks. Um, five strength, three six damage. That's the um, same profile uh, with two range. That's the same profile as the um, uh, big stabas, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. um, and they can do some damage for sure, you know. 
So. Yeah, and it means you're not doing tearing bite, but you know, from this list, you can see Larry's not interested in tearing bite anyway. So it it's mm -hmm. going to be really interesting, and and he may just be doing it, you know, for the legend of the Croxigore. Who knows? Totally. Um, or he's got a different plan in mind that's not thinking about the Croxigore at all, and we just are like totally missing a trick that's here. Um, I'm interested <laughs> to see that, but I certainly I'm I'm not sure how it's going to go, but um, yeah. I, I'll be interested to see how how it ends up. For sure. Larry last year brought a cities list that had like um, a gyro bomber or copter, one of those two. Oh, mm -hmm. And some Lumineth Realm Lords as well in mixed in yeah. there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And he had some dwarves. Like it was um, kind of a city soup that he had. So um, And he did really well in the painting category. Yes, yeah. he did. Yes, he yeah, did. So, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So for uh, another order list, we have Alexander Arthur. He has his Magmic, Magmic Firehold Warband. Um, this is the Fire Slayers. And uh, since we just did a review of this, I was I was really interested in this. Um, this list, I believe, has the most models um, of all of the factions at 11. Uh, tied. That We've seen okay. two other 11 fighter right. lists so okay, far fine, but yeah fine. he's yes. he's tied for most mm -hmm. yeah so um he in his dagger he has the hearth guard berserker with poleaxe the auric hearth guard two volkite berserkers uh, in his hammer he has the volkite berserker carl two volkite berserkers and in his shield he has the auric rune father the auric hearth guard um a hearth guard berserker and volkite berserker as well um so um we talked about the Auric Hearthguard being the sleeper model in a tournament list, right? With that kind of automatic net that you have, you don't have mm, to sort of, you don't yeah. have to do it. Um, and you can reach out to like up to like 11 inches or 15 inches or something like that to do it. And you don't have to hit, right? You just have to make your attack and it will, it'll net them for, I think it's half movement. It's not full movement, but, but it's still a half net. So um, it's, you know, I'm interested. He, um, put two of them in there though. So I don't know. I think yeah. two might be one too many, but, um, I'll be interested because you've got really good control of the board, but you have to have two triples to make it happen. If you want to use them on the same turn. I was going to say, this is the hold my beer of the fire slayers uh -huh. lists where we in our review said fire slayer is really really good right like i'm surprised more people don't play him and he goes like okay yeah let's challenge accepted and then yeah. we're like now Hearthguard, interesting but i would never play more than one he's like now nah, i'll show you yeah, and then yeah we're right. Like, all right so here's the leaders that are good right and then we name the doom seeker and then we name yeah. the um the hearth guard carls and the, and and the Berserker like, Carl, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. you were okay on the Berserker Carl. I was yeah. kind of skeptical. And we yeah. were very much like, do not touch the Rune Father. The Rune Father <laughs> is terrible. And Alexander is just like, hold my beer. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and so um, I do think Alexander is going to do really well because 11 fighters, all of them are dwarves. Now it's yep. really slow, but, you know, three objective missions. I think he's going to be in a good situation there um he's going to be able to pull opponents down to his slowness which is going to be great uh yeah. but i i do think once he gets late in the tournament against 
other people who are also winning a lot of games. You know, I yeah. think, you know, based on everything we said in our review, I think that that's where the edges are going to be lost a little bit, where mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard to win games late in the tournament once he's, say, 2-0 and or 3-1, and you know, going for 4-1, and um, things like that. I think it's going to be hard at that point. But, like, most players in this tournament are going to have a really tough time handling all these dwarves in uh, most of the missions. Yeah. The key for for Alexander, in my opinion, is lean heavily into that relentless zeal, which gives you your bonus three inches on the, your next movement, right? Um, so that's basically a bonus move for them. So lean heavily into that. And also um, lean heavily into the duty unto death with the our, um, Hearthguard Berserkers, right? That is basically a rampage on a triple. So if you can if you can do that, that'll get your guys moving enough to make up for some of their slowness. And also, especially with the Hearthguard Berserkers, get into some action and hopefully potentially, um, you know, double attack or even triple attack, but, you know, depending on where you're at. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're telling him to play narrative and pick resourceful as his leader trait <laughs> so he can get that extra wild dice. Uh, but, but, you know, maybe maybe Alex knows something that I don't. I'm excited to see it um, just because we've talked about it on the show, right? So, um, yeah. And I have never seen, as we said before, Fire Slayers in the wild. So mm -hmm. this is one I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on. Yeah. And I do think if he keeps those Berserkers alive, he'll have some damage out there. So that'll be, you know, I do think he's going to win more games than he loses. I do think it's going to be a really hard out for anybody who faces him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the last order list that we have is from Andrew Elliott. Uh, it's his Thunder Skinks list. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I looked at this list and I'm like, what is happening here? When I first saw it come in. Oh, really? And then, Interesting. This is a really popular list online. Is it? I yeah. to be honest with you, I've never seen this list before, and I was like, "What is happening here?" And then I looked at it, and I'm like, "This is amazing." I I, mm -hmm. I actually I was like, "I love it because you got your bodies with your skinks, and you got your heavy hitters, right?" So, um, what you have here is a dagger. You have Kixi Taka, um, and Zepic from the um, Underworlds uh, Seraphon band. And an annihilator with grand hammer, and then in your hammer you have an annihilator with grand hammer, and talk again from um, the Seraphon Underworlds models, and then in your shield you have Kalathia Zandir, um, you have annihilator with grand hammer and Otapadel, um, which is again from the Seraphon Underworlds model. So interestingly, all of his chaff here, all of his models. Um, are pretty much Underworlds models with this, with the Skinks. And then you have Kalathia, um, who is the Underworlds leader, but you can use her as a leader in your list um, with Thunderstrike. And then you've got three Annihilators with Grand Hammer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Have, have you seen how it's performed um, out there, or is this just kind of a net yeah. list that people... Said, like, this is a really popular list for a whole host of reasons. So mm -hmm. um, I won a tournament with a somewhat similar Thunderstrike list mm -hmm. uh, last spring. Um, it was with Kalthia Zandire, but it was only Stormcast, um, except for one dwarf. 
And this list kind of takes that and goes, what if we took out a bunch of the hitting power in like just having fewer annihilators, having three instead of five, but um, we replaced it with extra bodies. So the idea is Kixitaka yeah. in instead of the old guard, it doesn't boost their movement by nearly as much, but it allows you to bring extra body. So I think Kixitaka is just strictly worse than an old guard. Um, uh -huh. But what it allows you to do is bring in Zepic and Tok and Odapotl, who go off of the uh, Warcry 1.0 points algorithm. So Tok and Odapotl do significantly more damage at range than current points allow you to do. And Zepic, having move six, costs way less than a move six fighter with the <laughs> number of wounds and the number of attacks that he's got would cost now zepic would cost 90 points now um yeah you know in the current he's, he's cheaper than a sister of slaughter or a um witch elf yeah right? yeah so um and so yeah he's he's got more toughness than a witch elf he's mm -hmm. got um really similar damage output i think he like almost as much and he's got more movement and more toughness yeah. and so uh just a really points efficient fighter and so the idea here the reason this is popular is um the idea is that it having eight models allows stormcast to compete on objective missions so for an objective heavy tournament the idea is stormcast are generally unplayable in tournaments that are mostly objective missions uh, and but with eight models and a bunch of Seraphon helping them out, uh, maybe maybe it'll work. Um, it's a mostly untested list. I think only one person's actually brought it to a tournament, uh, but they did take second. So <laughs> so um, that was a pretty good performance. And uh, people who play uh, TTS or people who whisper about their testing sessions online, they generally talk about this list as being the real deal but we have not seen it at a tournament. So we have no idea how it's going to go. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it because this is literally the definition of a min max, right? Like, totally. <laughs> you know, um, to, to be able to get bodies and movement and in hitting power. So very yeah. interested to see how it performs um, as we go along. All right. Well, let's get into our beefy ones, our Destro list. So, um, I've got three bone splitters list up here. So you go straight um, to the not beefy destruction lists. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let me, let me talk. So the first one's Adam Hill's bone splitters list. Now he's the one that is getting replaced. So this is the list that I created for him. And I just want to talk about it just super briefly. Cause I do I really like this list. I played it the other day and I uh, really liked it. So in the dagger, you have savage big boss. Uh, you have a savage auric more boy bone totem bearer. Um, you in the hammer, you have a, a savage auric more boy boss, a savage big stabba, and then in the shield, you have a savage big stabba and two savage auric more boys. So you only have seven bodies on the field, but um, they all have movement four, they all have access to their charge. Um, the savage big boss is three attacks, strength five, three six damage. So is the two, so are the two big stabbas. And the Savage Auric Morboy boss, um, he is um, four attacks, uh, strength four, and um, three six damage as well. 
And then the um, Bone Totem Bearer and the More Boys are four attacks, strength four, two four damage. But the Bone Totem Bearer hits at three inches away. Um, and uh, the Savage, Savage Big Stabbers are two inches away. So what's great about that is that they can use their charge to pretty much get within range and then double attack like all the time. And they, so, you know, you talked about how, um, Seraphon, like the, the Saurus, like sometimes hit above their weight class. I really feel like some of these guys hit above their weight class because they have that bonus move and then double attack. And the opponent usually has to move towards them to then be able to attack them, you know? So it, uh, it's, it's kind of nice. So I'm just throwing that list out there for anyone who's interested in Bone Splitters because I've played this a little bit and I've really, really liked it. So that's just uh, straight straight Bone Splitters, which is different than what I took to Adepticon because I had a um, Gorgrenta boss and a Brute boss in my list. Mm -hmm. And I decided to swap them out with Big Stabas instead. So, and more and more boys. Cool. So, yeah. Kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So anyway. I'm excited about this Thomas Arthur list because yes. this list is like about something. You know what I mean? It's yep. <laughs> it's got these two Bolt Boy bosses here. Um, they got a tiny buff in a recent FAQ. I think not the last FAQ, but the one before. Mm -hmm. Um that lets them really shred armor, which is really yeah. nice. They get crits um, on fours, right? Right, right. And they can sort of, you know, keep their distance from the really scary fighters in the game. You can sometimes, you know, get that off with both of them in one round mm -hmm. and just really delete something sometimes pretty big. Uh, so that's really cool. I'm really excited to see how this goes. This is one of the few lists where I have literally no idea how i think it'll perform i you know i've for every other list that we've talked about i have in my head you know about how many wins i i think they'll get um this one i have literally no idea how i think it'll perform and that really excites me so what he has in his list he has a dagger that has a bolt boy boss um and two savage oryx with stickers and bone shields um in the hammer a Bolt Boy boss, a Savage Oric with Stick and Bone Shield, and a, and a More Boy in there as well. And then in his shield, he has a Savage boss with Chompa and Shield and two um, Savage Orcs with Stick and Bone Shield. So he's got a lot of chaff in here. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that concerns me just a little bit is that those Stick and Bone Shields, I mean, they have three attacks, strength three, one three damage, right? And so... Um, they're not, you're not really going to be putting out a lot of oomph with these guys. You're going to be, um, and even the savage boss with chump and shield, like that he took as his leader there. Right. Um, it's still not, not a ton of output there. And so, um, I, it's going to be the bolt boys, the bolt boys that end up doing the heavy lifting for this list. Uh, now they have staying power, right? Because their toughness for the stickers and bone shields are toughness for but 15 wounds. Yep. So um, I've been in a lot of fights with those guys where they're really hard to get off the table, especially yeah. against other chaff, you know? So mm -hmm. um, and, it's interesting. and this is a wonderful masterclass in sticking to the theme. Uh, mm -hmm. Those stickers are there because 
the two inch reach combos with the bolt boy boss allowing it to still shoot when they're in combat with something uh so you know he's like he's really really clearly thought about this list i don't know if it's going to do very well or not but yeah like real thought went into this list and so i really love that i'm just so excited to see how well thomas does absolutely absolutely and, and thomas um uh, is a faithful listener to the show and mm -hmm. we met him at Adepticon and uh, he yeah. ended up coming out to dinner with us afterwards. So like really um, he's a kind of guy. Yeah, go ahead. He did pretty well at Adepticon. He yeah. went two, one and one um, with, with Seraphon and yep. incredibly well painted. Uh, yep. Just like a mind blowing paint job on that Seraphon. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, so and that he was has really one cool. that, He's one that thinks through his list. So this isn't just something that was sort of slapped together, right? Yeah. Um, like he's he's thinking through it. So I'm excited about that. And I would also add that his two one and one at Adepticon, his one loss was to the Chimera. So right. that's a more impressive two one and one than a normal two one and one would be, right? Like he was yeah. undefeated except for against a Chimera. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So the other Bone Splitters player that we have is Wade Schoonover. He has in his dagger a, a more boy uh, bone totem bearer, um, an orc with a champa and shield, a savage orc with a more boy boss. Um, he, in his hammer, he has an orc with champa and shield and an orc more boy boss again. And in his shield, he has a more boy bone totem bearer, and then he has a champa shield and another more boy boss. So he has three more boy bosses, two totem bearers, uh, two. Um, a champa and shield or three champa and shields so not a ton of variety in terms of models i think he only has like three different types of models um but i'm telling you those more boy bosses don't sleep on them for 175 they actually packed a nice little punch and the bone totem bearer being able to hit from three inches away there's a lot of there's a lot of um models in this game that can hit you back at two inches away but mm -hmm. not a lot that can hit you back at three inches away. So um, being able to be three, you know, downside of two and hit something and then make them come to you only works in favor of the more boy totem, uh, totem bearer as well, right? Yeah. So. I think he's taken this bone splitters list with the philosophy of like being able to kill a lot of chaff fighters mm -hmm. um, yeah. and kill them in any part of the board which I think is a pretty defensible plan for this tournament pack and for most expected metas. I do think it's going to be tough. Like we're going to see all of these Bruget lists are a coming, right? And it's going yeah. to be, I think, really tough to pilot this bone splitters list against all those Bruget lists. But we've also seen a few kind of flood the board lists as well. And I think he's going to be able to sort of clear, you know, if he's able to get the right matchups, he'll be able to sort of clear some chaff models off the board. For sure. All right. So we've got Peter American Cabbage, right? Um, Knights mm -hmm. of the Clammy Hand. And this is, of course, his Gloom Spike Get Soup list that he has. In his dagger, he has a Crusher and Prog the Netta. In his hammer, he has an Ardboy boss, a Brugit, a Stabba with Barbed Net. And in his shield, he has a Bounder boss, Snurk, Sour Tongue, and Brugit. He's been working on this list since last Nova Open when 2.0 came out. And yep. um, he didn't do as well as he had hoped last year at the Nova Open because he 
he was at the top of his game in 1.0 with Gloom Spike Kids, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he was crushing it, and he had his list down to the T, and then they changed all the points on him, and it messed him up pretty good. And so he's been working on this sucker for a while, and I think that he is getting down to close, like, being, he's getting down to the point where it is um, a very well-honed list. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he is maximizing points. He is maximizing, you know, points per damage, points per um, wound, like all that stuff. He's doing all the math on these things to religious every every position in his army uh, or in his warband is like well thought through, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the way Peter rolls with his warband, you know, very methodical yeah. about it. So anything that yeah. stand out to you with this? I mean, anything that I could say about Peter would be underselling it. Um, yeah. You know, he's been, he's taken this tournament or this, he's taken various gloom spite lists, you know, iterating on them to various tournaments. He's got like an 80 something percent win rate, uh, which is wild given that other gloom spite gifts players uh, combined have like a very low 40s win rate and he single handedly has brought them to 50%. Uh, which is really incredible because he just goes to yeah. so many tournaments. Um, yeah, there, I almost hesitate to really like tell people how it works because there's so much play to this, and we're an hour and 15 minutes into the yeah. podcast. We could spend the next 45 talking about all of the layers <laughs> that are going on in this warband. Do not netlist this warband, you will lose every game. Um, that's so you, true. Yeah, yeah, it, it won't it's work so for true. you. There's there's so much going on. Um, I love it, you know, I love the house of cards that this is, and um it's very hard to play against, right? Finding the right card of his to knock down to bring the whole thing crashing down is really tough. Um Peter has come in second in more tournaments than you know most people have have even gone to. So right. uh right. this It'll be cool to see if this is the one to, you know, uh, go from second to first in his first major tournament. I think he's got a really good shot at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have another Gloom Spite Gets list uh, with Craig Lombardo. Mm-hmm. This is Grink Gat's Bottle Snatchers. Um, yep. And uh, in his dagger, he has um, Grib the Wonky Lance, uh, a Bogolai, a Brugit. In his hammer, he has Grink Gat the Great. A Bogolai Zarbags Git Squig. And in the shield, he has Minai, Snurk, Sour Tongue, and Prognanetta. So this is very much an Underworlds mashup. Like he yep. doesn't even actually have one Gloom Spite Gits, like normal Gloom Spite Gits model. It's a, a mashup between two Underworlds bands and um but and, and uh Gobble Gobblepalooza. Right. Yeah. So kind of interesting. Um how really cool. I, I think it's going to be there. There's going to be pretty heavily relying on abilities for this to work, right? With like the Bogolai and Brugit and the Minai and, and Snurk Sour Tongue and all that stuff. Like, it, you're going to have to really be um, reaching your bag of tricks with this one, I think. Yeah, those Bogolais are good. But, you know, one thing that's dangerous about relying completely on netters is they do have that one in three chance of failure. And so netters protecting completely fragile units can be really tough. Um, you know, Peter's got that crusher and that Ardboy boss in there for a reason. I do right. think it's really tough because, like, 
obviously Craig like went in with a theme and I, mm-hmm. I really can't, I hope you get a picture of this warband. Um, I don't know if there's a way to build a backup plan in case the nets fail without breaking the theme. I don't mm-hmm. think there would have been unless, unless Craig had maybe brought Molog, but that would have like completely thrown the warband sideways and probably pulled him <laughs> off. Yeah, theme. totally. Uh, so, right. you know, at a certain point, like a hundred years from now, no one's going to remember who won this tournament, but they will remember ha- who had the coolest theme. So, um, for sure, yeah. So I do think you know it's worth it to stay on theme, and I think that this is going to be really cool. And uh, yeah, and and it might be really annoying to play against too, right? So he's he's not just going to be an easy out because of all those bogalies. Uh, so and of course the Brugate combo. So um, you know. I think it'll be tough for him to beat some of the higher tier warbands that are here. Like, I don't know what you do against a flame hurler. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I think it's a really cool warband. I think it's got a ton of play to it. And I think it would be a lot of fun to play and a lot of fun to play against. And I do think he's going to win some games because, you know, when those Bogalies and that brew get, you know, start get start getting going, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, now we have um, Justin Orton here with his double trouble list. Uh, yep. In his dagger, he has a gut lord, a brugit, and shriek, uh, which is the bird from the um, piratey underworlds models. Um, in his hammer, he has lugget and thwack, quiv and bushwhacka from Hrothgorn's um, man trappers. Um, and in the shield, he has gut lord, brugit, and a, no- a regular noblar. Now, I played against this list at Adepticon, and um, it was a little bit different because he didn't have Shriek. Oh, no, he did have Shriek in there. I played against this exact list um, at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. It is rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is really hard just because it's like when you think that you can, you know, with, with a Gut Lord, when people include a Gut Lord in the list, you're like, okay, I'm just going to play Keep Away. I'm going to, you know, keep away from it. He has two gut lords and two brugets, right? And um, and you're like, oh, okay, how do I keep away from that? Well, it gets even harder when he has Bushwhacker throwing out his little trap and all of a sudden, like, locking off a passageway that you need to get away from those um, gut lords. So you need something to deal with, you know. I mean, you've got to be able to deal with it. Um, going after the brugets isn't a bad idea or, you know um, – you know, but you, you, you have to address them. Like, it's just going to be, yep. it's just going to be tough. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the Brugits are a comment, uh, and those gut Lords are going to be really smashing stuff up. Uh, Justin's normally known for bringing something like new and innovative to every tournament. He said that, uh, the reason he couldn't do that for this one, if you see Justin at this tournament, give him a hug he moved house and the movers smashed most of his AOS stuff. So he no. couldn't uh, mix and match a new warband. Luckily his Warcry warband was in a different box. Uh, so this one didn't get smashed up. Oh my um, gosh. But yeah, so give him a hug. Cause that, I just can't imagine that. So he's you know, going to need it. <laughs> um, yeah. He's going to need it. But like, this is another one where, you know, we could, there's you cannot overstate how large of a threat justin is to win the tournament um because you know he went third at adepticon with this exact same list so uh everyone who is watching this or listening to this podcast who's going to be at nova you should start thinking about 
um, you know, maybe theory crafting what you're going to do against this list uh, right now, because I can guarantee <laughs> you, you will not win the tournament without either beating Peter or Justin. Uh, yeah, that is I, that is a I fact. You will not win it unless yeah. you beat one of those two players, and both of their lists are on the board right now. And um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I would. I would start going through. Craft. Yeah, I would start looking. Okay, if I'm playing on this list, this is how I'm going to handle it, right? Because I played Justin in um, Reaper, a Reaper mission with yep. my bone splitters against his crusher, and it's just like, and he did a great job of basically hiding his gets away from me. And basically blocking the only two entrances to this little area with uh, two gut lords, <laughs> you yep. know, and it's like I can't do anything here, you know. So um, now the anyway. one piece of advice that I would give people is gut lords can seem really invincible when they are just kind of flying around the board, killing the first thing they touch, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't necessarily live that long when you like actually pour stuff into them um like right. i've seen a storm fiend kill a gut lord in one one strike um wow and so like if you onslaught a storm fiend and attack twice with it your chances of killing a gut lord are actually pretty high um yeah. so you know don't like this happened to me at adepticon with the chimera people would just get afraid of it um mm -hmm. or they would get too overexcited to kill it don't act like there's nothing you can do against the gut lords unless there's literally nothing you can do. I mean, don't yeah. bring a war band that has nothing it can do against gut lords, right? But, um, you know, don't panic when you see them, I guess sure. is the very first piece of advice I would give is don't panic when you see those gut lords. Um, they do bleed, but uh, just don't let them get into a situation. Like, you either need to completely run away from them or completely invest in killing them. You can't sure. really go halfway um, unless you've got like some real good disruption elements. Excellent. Like point. netters, stuff like that. Yep. Um, all right. So this brings us to our two cruel boys list. Travis Bowling has uh, in his dagger three gut rippers with wicked stickers. In his hammer, uh, kill a boss with um, uh, boss hack and flail, and two gut rippers with wicked stickers. And then in his shield, he has a brugit, tyrant, and pot grot. Um, so, what to, what are your thoughts with this one, Dan? Um, obviously, that brugit tyrant combo. This is another one where, yep. like, it can blow anything off the board at any time. Uh, which is pretty scary. And you've got enough kind of other bodies in there, right? You've got nine fighters. This is kind of playing in a lot of the same space that Justin is playing in, actually, as far as, you know, you have these overwhelming damage um, sources. And then you've just got, you know, whereas Justin's got these really cheap chaff units that allow him to kind of spend a ton on the big combo. Um Travis has just gone with one source of that combo and then just really durable chaff units. So the idea is he'll just blow your stuff up faster than you'll blow his stuff up. And yeah. that could work. Um, I, I do think that this list is going to be really hard to beat in a lot of situations. Yeah, the Killaboss is no slouch, right? Like at 190, mm -hmm. I actually like it a lot. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he's he's hanging out with the Wicked Stickers, which is good. Mm -hmm. um because he can he can kind of help do that warrior combo with him right yeah um and so um yeah like i think um i think i think i like i mean i like this list I'll, we'll see how it does i'm a little concerned about the dagger having just got rippers in it though 
Um, but yes. he only really has two Same. major threats here. So one mm -hmm. of them have to, I guess, not have something in it, right? So yeah, but it does seem like he's got a lot of points in that hammer and not a lot of points in the dagger. You know, you look at mm -hmm. say Justin's list, it's very well positioned for the missions that you've got where his hammer is like totally skimped. If you had a mission where your hammer was the most important deployment group. He, like he wouldn't be able to do anything right um yeah. but there is no mission like that and so he's not going to get punished for it which is yeah. really smart and really savvy by him to kind of do it that way um right. whereas this i think you know he, travis might get in a situation where he's like really wishing his killaboss could get in on the action mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um next we have an interesting soup list from uh, robert visconti um mm -hmm. and i hope i said that name right yeah um Viscomi. Um, it's my dad's house list. <laughs> um, the, the dagger um, is a killaboss with rusty flail, a gut ripper with wicked sticka and bushwhacker. His hammer is an ardboid boss. He has shank in here from the cruel boys uh, underworlds list. Big and, deal. Uh, mm -hmm. What's that? Big deal. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, he has gut ripper with wicked sticka. And then in the shield, he has Hrothgorn man trappers an ally with quiv. And another gut ripper with wicked sticker. So, um, very interesting soup list here. It's a it's an ogre, um, cruel boys combo that's happening here, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's um, really. I mean, the art boy boss is is not a bad choice. I think at one thirty five, like he's he's got some beef to him, and and he he can put out some damage. Like maybe he's not a brute boss. You know, but I mean, it's not terrible for 135. And then the Killaboss, again, we just talked about that. So he's got three um, deployment groups that are pretty good. Um, but I think the, the Hrothgorn Man Trapper is the key to this yep. list here, right? Um, you're trying to set him up to blow models, not chaff, models off of the table. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Hrothgorn can kill, you know, when he's getting buffed by Quiv, for people who don't know, Quiv can give Hrothgorn an extra attack. Hrothgorn mm -hmm. can also give himself an extra attack with his double. Um, ogres are really incredible for that reason, where if they kill something, they get a, they get to do an extra thing, um, but that can include do an extra attack action, and it works at range. So this was the big combo in 1.0, was people would mm -hmm. take double Thunderfist, and Thunderfists have since been nerfed, but they used to be able to just, you know, blow chaff models off the board and then use their double to get an extra attack to just like you would get six attacks off of your uh, like six attack steps, not you roll way more than six dice off your Thunderfist. Hrothgorn is using kind of that old points algorithm, so he does more damage than you would think he should. Uh, and he's getting buffed by Quiv and he buffs himself, and that is like a absolutely terrifying combo um yeah. yeah just i can't wait to see how this does i think it's going to be really hard to play against um this could be a like dark horse for the tournament for sure 100 i think what he has to be careful of is not get his chaff models too engaged do you know what i mean like for yeah, to stop to do his, his thing. rothgorn to kill from killing things yeah mm -hmm. yeah Right. Like, so um, if if I were sitting across from this list, I would want to um, engage the 
Um, that gut rip, those gut rippers, because those stupid yeah. gut rippers aren't killing anything. Um, right. Now they're going to be setting up two inches from you so that he can still shoot with the man trapper. Um, that's, you know, really well thought out by him. But if I'm the opponent, I'm like, yeah, rush down those gut rippers, get in combat with them. Uh, and then he is going to be ready for that, though, because he's got that art boy boss the killer boss with the flail he's going to be trying right. to use the reaction to get bonus attacks on the art boy boss bonus attacks with the killer boss with flail right so there's going to be like a lot of thought back and forth and for every single person who plays against him yeah. um and yeah i i really hope he loves those really heady really difficult games because he's gonna every single game is gonna be really difficult <laughs> for both players um yeah, and sure. that might work to his advantage if he's tested this list a bunch then that's gonna hugely work to his advantage yeah absolutely all right we have four lists left they are our death lists so um let's start with eric octor he's playing Askergan true blades uh, in his dagger, he has a Tomb Banshee. Uh, you don't see those too often, um, but he uh, opted to bring her as an ally. Um, he has an Ascetic with a Charnel Mace and an Acolyte Throat Taker. Um, in the Hammer, he has another Aesthetic uh, with Charnel Mace and another Acolyte with Throat Taker. And in his shield, he has the Exemplar, an Aesthetic with Charnel Mace, and an Acolyte with Throat Taker. So um, mm -hmm. basically three maces, three throat takers, a tomb banshee, and an exemplar, um, which gives you eight models. Um, I played against this list, and um, we ended up playing Reaper, and he mm -hmm. won against my bone splitters because yep. of the, to the tomb banshee. The tomb banshee was the MVP of mm -hmm. this because she was able to res the models, and I had one round two, so he forced yep. a tie. And then um, I had tied round four, and then he ended up winning by resing one of his models there, right? So, um, mm -hmm. did, you know, and of course they couldn't activate in that turn, but that didn't matter. It, it gave him the points in, um, in the thing. Now, if I had been playing him in a different mission, I played a, a, another Askergan Trueblades right after I played him. And my orcs, it was the treasure mission from the Nova Open. We were doing the practice. My orcs mm -hmm. just just ate. I mean, they just cleaned yeah. up, right, um, with that. Because, you know, you're getting people kind of to that center of treasure. And they're just like, you know, big stabbers and big bosses just flying at it and stuff like that. And so um, yep. I will say this, though. Um, and I told Eric this. What I like about the Askergan True Blades is... They don't have a lot of attacks, but all their attacks are quality attacks, mm -hmm. right? So, Which like, is important in this counter world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, right? And yep. so the interesting thing is, it's like, okay, cool. I've got a, um, you know, I've got a uh, spirit host that has six attacks, but it does like one four damage. Like, that's not quality attacks. That's just I'm fishing for crits there, mm -hmm. you know? These guys have two attacks, but they end up doing like three six damage, you know, yeah. or two four. I mean, they do they do um, some some good damage. So um, I think that um, he's he's pretty good. Eric is pretty good. He was our Sylvaneth player last year, mm -hmm. um, that had the really cool painted Sylvaneth models, right? Um, yep, and, and so, went three and one, and not very yeah. many people have won any games with Sylvaneth since. <laughs> That's right. 
and he ended up doing very well at our um our uh, tournament up at Huzzah as well. And yep. I can't remember what he was. He was playing something else. I think he might have been playing a Soul Blight Grave Lord list. Yep. Or maybe Rottmeyer Creed. Anyway, he did. He he's very good at the game though, you know. Mm-hmm. So a very good thinker. Yeah, so, I expect him to do pretty well. This is another list that I would say don't net deck it because. Um, I don't think he'll do very well, uh, but I do think he will do well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Tomb Banshee, I've seen Singleton Night Haunt allies do pretty well in a variety of death lists because of their, you know, Night Haunt are just famously one of the worst <laughs> warbands in the game. Yeah. But uh, just one Night Haunt hero gives you a lot of utility and a lot of kind of uh, ways to surprise your opponent. And I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah. And of course, Exemplars man like on a rampage they can kill anything in the game right if they're getting three attacks on something like any literally any model in the game could theoretically die from an exemplar that's rampaging on you so a lot to fear with exemplars um there's only one here and they are very killable at 20 wounds but um that is something that can kind of steal a game at any time he did a very good job too of screening his exemplar, right? Like mm-hmm. letting his throat takers kind of be the bait um, yeah. for stuff, and then he would bring him in. So, like I said, this guy knows how to play. Um, so, you know, if you end up facing off across them, like you, you know, you're going to need to be on your A game mm-hmm. when, when you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a player here, Matthew Kelly. Uh, his army were not dead yet. <laughs> it's the flesh eater courts. Mm-hmm. Um, his dagger is two crypt ghouls, um, hammers two crypt ghouls, and his shield is a Vargulf courtier, a crypt hunter courtier, and a crypt flayer. So mm-hmm. um, he he went super light in his dagger and hammer, yeah. and pretty heavy in his shield. So what a baller move! Yeah, <laughs> it's a serious baller move, right? Uh, now the good news though is that the crypt flayer and courtier, like they can move. Right, they each have like a, I think ten inch fly. So can the haunter. It goes six inches. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, so people are going to be like, oh, these little crypt ghouls. Next thing they know, they got a vargulf that's like landing on top of them, and uh, yep. you know, using that nasty triple that it has, probably the best triple in the game. You know. Oh. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this is something where like, I think this list is well designed um i really do i think you know it's it's going to be tough against some of the really broken factions in the game that are sort of here it's like some of those brugate combos are going to be tough to overcome but in terms of like we're just going all in on a skew idea that's going to be really hard to play against uh i think he'll like matthew is going to win at least one game this weekend where his opponent just didn't know what to do at all because right, his list right. is so different from normal Warcry mm-hmm. that uh, it will absolutely throw some players for a loop. I would be pretty concerned the first time I played this list against this list. I've never played against someone who is doing what Matthew is doing here. Um, yeah. And so I would be pretty concerned if I saw this list across the table from me just because it's like, well, anything could happen here. Um, so I think that's right. really cool. And uh, if Matthew has practiced a lot with this, um, he could do really well. I do think it's a bit of a rock, paper, scissors situation. I think certain yeah. factions would just shrug this off. Um, you know, certain factions would go like, 
your various flyers are not going to kill my chaff very quickly. So I'm just going to hunt down your ghouls, get them off the board, and then beat you on objectives while you struggle to kill my chaff fast. But right. um, any faction that relies on like a couple fighters to do something, uh, he's going to probably have the tools to take that down, which is really cool. Absolutely. Um, now, the flip side of this Flesh Eater's coin is the Royal Beast Flayers, right? Um, the specialized new faction. And Kyle Knapp, um, his war band is called the Flash Mob, which I love. Um, and <laughs> it's just, I've got this idea of like all these like ghouls, like just kind of like milling about in the store and they hear music and they all come out and flash mob yeah. dance, you know? Um, yeah. I but, hope uh, he's like specifically gone through the trouble to not clean the flash off of any of his miniatures too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's like painted hilarious. them with most of the sprue still on. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. So his dagger is the Royal flame master. Who's the leader. Um, you've got the ghoul gore squire and you have two ghoul trackers his hammer he has four ghoul trackers his shield he has another royal flame master uh beast flayer baron and two ghoul trackers so um again he's actually i think this is dan the most models this is 12 oh, in okay. the tournament nice yeah so yep so we had a couple 11s as you pointed out and um this is 12 and look i mean that's a lot of most models to deal yes. with and the ghoul trackers like they're not um they're not like uh skeletons that'll just kind of fall away um uh they are quick. they've got only eight wounds toughness three oh, okay okay um they don't have baffling parlay which flesh eater court schools have uh which mm. is baffling parlay is the reaction that lets a ghoul give you minus one attack when you attack it which oh, makes right. ghouls so much harder to kill than it looks like they are off of that T3-8 wounds. Um, but 12 models is so many models. And I appreciate the effort here from Kyle. Kyle went and got a second. This isn't just one box, right? He's gone mm -hmm. and gotten a second Flame Master, which I think is a really nice way to give you some extra hitting power while staying on theme. Um, so I think that's great. I We've never seen... Kyle is literally the first person, to my knowledge, to take Royal Beast Flayers to a tournament. Right, right. Uh, which is really cool. So no idea how he's going to do. I do think 12 models. He will win a few of these objective missions just kind of automatically, right? Right. <laughs> um, just because he'll probably face at least one opponent who just can't clear 12 fighters off the board. Um, yep. So, yeah, going to be an interesting test for some folks. Absolutely. And our last list of the night goes to Ronald Bowling, uh, who is our soul, soul blight grave lords player. Um, in his dagger, he has King uh Morlack Velmorn, Sir Jedran Falseborn, Marshal Falk Velmorn. In his hammer, he has the Sepulchral Warden, Skeleton with Ancient Spear, Thane, fourth and last. And in the shield, he has the Astrogan Exemplar. Gorath the Enforcer and Helmar the Hewer. So really leaning into the um uh underworld's models here, right? Yeah. And we talked about how um I, I think we talked about how Velmorn um is a pretty good underband. Um yes, in terms they're of quite their good. stats, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. um, so then he's supplementing it also with the Sepulchral Warden and the only true like soul blight mod, like straight soul blight model he has is one skeleton. 
um, with an yeah. ancient spear, right? <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny, kind yeah. of funny. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is cool because he's brought a whole war band of really characterful, really beautiful models, uh, mm -hmm. except for that skeleton. Um, and he's only got one fighter who I would say is like not a really competitively sort of priced and statted fighter, which is Gorath the Enforcer, who I don't mm -hmm. think is very good. But like, I don't mean that as an insult to Ronald. I mean that as like a real compliment here where he's found this incredibly characterful list where mm -hmm. like eight out of the nine fighters are like dead competitive, really scary to face. Um, which I think is really, really cool. And Askergan exemplars as allies in other factions, I think, are really powerful and something that people, you know, are starting to explore. And I think that's cool. So I like that. Yeah, I, um, I think I can't wait to see the visual of this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be a true yeah. like war band. Like you're going to see skeletons. You're going to see a vampire. You're going to see, um, uh, I mean, skeletons and a vampire is essentially what you got with all of these. Um, and so another big you know, threat and, to go best overall, right? Because if he yeah. wins, if he manages to get to four wins, how depending on how these are painted, like you could really you could get it. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I'm excited to see how it does and, you know, being able to res a lot of these guys is going to come in handy with many of the missions that he has. Right. So. Um, and King Morlack is the one guy who doesn't have the new, he only has half of the resurrection nerf from the last FAQ. So he mm -hmm. gets to resurrect his sons at full health, which you normally can't do with Graveguard, uh, which yep. is really cool and really good. Yep. Yeah. Cause they don't count as minions. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or no, they don't count as elites. I think they're minions. They do, yeah, a... they are minions, and they don't count as elites. I think is right. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So very good, very good. Well, that is the list. That's what we have. Um, and uh, do you have any kind of parting thoughts about uh, what we see coming up? I think it's so cool. I mean, like we talked about at the top of the show so many people put real effort and real yeah. thought into bringing like innovative weird stuff um i just think it's so awesome that like a year into second edition and people are still iterating people are still coming up with cool new things mm -hmm. to try um i think that's amazing and i just i love the energy from everybody that's uh that's at this tournament and I would have liked to see somebody bring the chimera. You can see it's uh, right there where my finger yeah, yeah. is, my chimera there. But um, I, I wish somebody had brought one, but but that's okay. No one did. You know, my thoughts about the list as we went over them is um, that people are planning to come to play. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. they're they're coming to play, and um, I I. I, I am not casting any shade on the tournament at um, Adepticon. Um, but I feel like a lot of people feel like that's more narrative as well, because it's sort of being run by the, um, uh, well, it's not sort of being run. It is being run by the dogs of war cry guys. Right. And they're very known for it's their not. narrative play. Was that? It's not run by them. Oh, they I thought, have a I thought the... narrative event. No, it's not run by them. I would oh, actually I thought say... they also ran it. No, they don't. 
Um, I would say that the uh, the Adepticon tournament had more lists. It had more net lists in it, like mm. more lists that are like, you know, like it had Graveguard spam. It yeah. had a like two different Nurgle lists. We didn't see any Nurgle here, but mm -hmm. but I still agree with you that people really came to play at this tournament and that like a lot of mm -hmm. thought was put into lists. I think yeah. people generally leaned towards lower tier warbands, but put mm -hmm. a ton of work into those lower tier warbands as opposed yeah. to, you know, Adepticon, you saw more of the higher tier stuff, but um, maybe not quite as much innovation. Although mm -hmm. it was so much earlier in the season, I guess it's probably just as much innovation for the time. But sure. now you're seeing like extra layers and extra all kinds of new new technology being brought to the table. And I really love that. Yeah. And um, I think it, what's interesting is to see how this tournament has, the Nova Open has iterated from last year when 2.0 just dropped. Right. Yeah. And to see the list that we had then where people were, I mean, literally trying to figure out what was working, what wasn't working, you know, yeah. in the moment. Um, and to now come to this list um, where we've got 2.0 and um, we've had it for a year and people are now very comfortable in it and they're coming up with some very competitive lists. So I'm very yeah. excited about that. Yeah. Um, just, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we will talk about um, some of the reveals from the Nova Open next week. Absolutely. Um, which will be awesome because, you know, our show will finally be like in a position to talk about the things when they come out, not afterwards. Right. And so mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk about the results and and go through it. So we'll have a good handle on the list that we have and, and be able to really kind of walk through the results and, and things like that. So I'm very excited about it. Um, I I will have a spreadsheet. Let me see if I can show all of you real quick. I'm not running this on best coast pairings because I talked to the best coast pairings guy and told him how I wanted to run this tournament. He said, yeah, probably not best for best coast pairings mm -hmm. and basically just kind of spurned me. Now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to express a little bit of frustration. I have sent over to BCP the full list of all of the factions like eight times and they keep ignoring me. Um, and I used to play AOS like with the BS Coast pairings owner regularly. And he just, yeah. I think he's just very much focused on other things right now when not Warcry. And it's a little frustrating because I'm like, dude, I'm trying to help you help us, you know? So, um, <laughs> but, um, but I want to show this spreadsheet that I'll be managing the tournament off of. So we've got battle groups here. I've got names in some of the battle groups. This is going to change. Um, because we have some people who have dropped out and we'll have to rearrange a little bit, but it'll track your wins, losses, um, you know, your draws, your battle points that you get from uh, the first three rounds, right? So we've got round one, round two, round three, um, where players, you know, we'll, we'll keep track of all of this. And then we've got kind of our elimination round brackets that we'll put that in that'll um, be informed by um, these first three rounds, right? So, um, I will have this. My my goal is to send this out as a link for anybody to look at. It's viewable for anybody during the tournament. So, Dan, I know you're not able to make it because uh, you've got a new little spawn that you have to take <laughs> care of. And uh, yep. um, 
but you will be able to follow along the tournament um, by using the link and um, just keep track and see what everybody's doing, see what the win losses are, see what the battle points are, and uh, yeah, just just um, follow along at home. So all of our listeners can do that if they couldn't make it, unfortunately, to our tournament. So we're very excited about it. Yeah, and I hope everybody watching on YouTube uh, likes, comments, subscribes, and specifically in your comment, if you could talk about which of these open tabs Justin should be most embarrassed about, uh, let us know in the comments. Oh, listen, and... <laughs> I have no shame. I have no shame in my tab management. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm not meaning to razz you on any of them. Uh yeah, I'm very excited to see what goes down in this tournament. I do hope you maybe send the results to uh, James' workshop via maybe the War, War Cry FAQ email or maybe the events email because, man, like I know that they only they only see results from tournaments that are on BCP, so it would be yeah. a shame if they missed out on on like seeing all this incredible data that you're going to get but right. i can't wait to put it into my stats right i mean we've got so many players playing five rounds instead of four which is so much more data to get from the tournament i'm just yeah. i'm so excited about what we're going to see here and i um, can't wait to uh you know analyze all the results with you and i i'm hoping that this tournament format works well I mean, it's going to be a great tournament regardless, but I, I hope that people walk away saying, like, I like that as much. If it's as much as just regular Swiss pairings, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, or I liked it better, like, I'm, I'm hoping that we can walk away with some data on how this tournament setup works, you know, because yeah. uh, I think the elimination rounds is really kind of critical to getting good... Um, Data like I I hate the fact that like Justin Orton I think was in the championship game and he ended up at third or fourth, you know. Mm -hmm. Was he was he in third? I think Swiss. I don't know. I think Swiss is really good because like I would also hate the fact that Peter didn't get to be in the championship round despite having had just as great a tournament as me and Justin mm -hmm. at that point. Sure. You know, like because Swiss is. Like Swiss can just be so unforgiving at that point, but you've also dealt with that in that you've got this like final bracket at the that's end, right. right? So yep. you're kind of you're addressing both of those concerns, I guess. So that's that's good. That's yeah. good to see. Yeah, and and that's exactly what I'm hoping is that by having like a um, four person championship bracket for the last two rounds, that like your top four get to play against each other, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh and you know kind of a semi-final final and i think and then it'll rack you stack you like in terms of one two three four right we'll really get down to like who the top four are and in fact for the rest of the tournament because the way our elimination rounds are set up we'll have the end results of everybody top to bottom in their right yeah. places basically you know yeah. instead of like oh i won my last round and it boosted me up like 20 spots you know kind of well thing. swiss is pretty so. good at doing that too once you get to that fifth round but yeah. um but i am excited to see how people like this this bracket i think it'll be cool i think it'll be cool to see um what i really hope is if people get like really fired up about their battle group going into battle against other battle groups right because they go because yeah. you're essentially running four three round tournaments yep um and then 
everyone from those tournaments fights all the people from the other tournaments. That's right. And I just really want people to be rooting for their battle group mates in day two against the other battle groups. I hope that there's like lots of cheering there, but but who knows how people will take it, but I hope that people have fun with that. Yeah, I do too. It'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out. So anyway, uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Like it was so much fun reviewing these. I lists. had a like, fun, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's so it's glad so I got great. to do it. So, yeah, yeah, thank you so much. And and I can't wait to have you on next week um, where we'll talk about all the results. So thank you everybody Absolutely. to listening. Hopefully we see most of you at the tables uh, next this Thursday in two days. Um, yep. But um, uh, and there's open not, spots. And now you can show is. up late and you've already seen all the lists and they haven't seen your list. And uh, if anybody goes into the tournament and wins that way, uh, we have to give them a lot of shit. But we also have to call them a legend because that would be really funny. <laughs> I, I I was thinking about that, right? Like, what if there are some people who still haven't submitted lists and, and um, like, they may see this show and then, like, submit a list? I don't know that there's, like, you can't plan for any one list, though. The problem is there's so many threats in this that are, like, coming, you know? I don't know. I guess a Chimera. Bring a Chimera. There's no Chimera, yeah. then there's only three lists in the whole tournament that are capable of fighting a Chimera. Yeah, yeah. So there so you go. That's what that's I what do. you should bring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, yep. Dan. Thank you so much. Everybody else, you have a good night, and we will let you know what happens uh, shortly. So thank yep. you, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>